0: Last four months, almost five months, I guess, of this year of 2020, we um, instigated again the evening service at the beginning of each month. And within those services, we um, strive to just have testimony. So we had four testimonies over the four Sunday night services that we ran in the latter part of this year. And of those four that came and shared their testimonies, we had um, Nick Helton, uh Rowling Duplessis, we had Hadley Brown, and we had Damien Peden And they all shared their journeys, different journeys. Some journeys were from school, some were from dark places, some were from areas that um, maybe some of us wouldn't uh, know or know about. In their journeys, we had uh, quietness, we had loneliness, we had trying to fit into areas. We had all those parts that we have in a testimony, each one different, but each one coming to one main thing, and that is that Christ is Lord and that they have Christ in their lives. So I want to just share a little bit of a testimony, which is not really a testimony, it's a story. I want to follow the character of Onesimus. Now, just to give you a rundown on Onesimus, Onesimus uh, was a slave back in the day. He was on a farm, on um, an estate that belonged to Philemon. Uh, Philemon is a book in the Bible that we don't really open that much here. We haven't opened for a long time, so I thought I'd pop in and have a look at Philemon. If you want to know where Philemon is, it's between the three T's. Uh, Thessalonians, Timothy, and Titus, and uh, the book of Hebrews. So it's sort of sandwiched in between those three there, just one page, actually. That's Philemon, that's it. So if you want to read a, uh, a book and you're in a hurry, read Philemon. It's quite a nice book to read and you'll get through it quite quickly. So the story of Onesimus is he's a slave. And what we have with Onesimus is that he bolts, he takes off. We don't know what caused him to run, we don't know why he ran, but we sort of come to a conclusion that when he left, he left in a hurry, he left probably taking things that didn't belong to him, so stole would be a good word, and then he ran as far away from the estate as he could, and he runs right into Paul. Now Paul at this stage here is, I think it's about Rome, uh, where commentaries take us, and he's in prison. Or house arrest—I'm not sure which one it is—and Onesimus runs there, and he—he he comes into Paul. So you've got a runaway slave. He's bolted. He's scared. He's lost. He's hiding from everyone. Runs into Paul. What a great guy to run into! And in his time there with the saints that are there that are surrounded Paul and are helping Paul, Onesimus comes to faith in Christ, and then in that part there, he begins to serve Paul in ministry and helping Paul out with food and all other things, just the enjoyment and the encouragement that sometimes in hard places that we need. Now, I'm not sure if Paul knew Onesimus, because Paul definitely knew Onesimus' master, Philemon, or if it was Onesimus that told him that he was from that estate. But Paul persuades Onesimus that it's time for you to go home. I'd love to keep you here because you served me so well, but I need to send you home. Now, from Onesimus, from the slave's point of view, the runaway slave's point of view, that is a very scary thing. The main part being that uh, he can be put to death quite quickly, just gone, erased from this earth. Um, but we, we just see that Paul said that he will write this letter to Philemon and then send Onesimus back. So along with Tychicus, Onesimus takes the letter, decides he'll go back, see Philemon, and wander along. Now, there must be a lot running through his mind because he's going to take this letter, go back and give it to his master that he ran away from, knowing very well that he could be put to death. And there's other things that could happen as well. He also knows that he's stolen from his master, so all this comes in. So Paul writes this letter. We're going to read this letter. Any chance, Grace, you could throw up Philemon on the screen? I'm reading from the New King James Version of Philemon. Okay. Excellent. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother. To Philemon, our beloved friend and fellow laborer. To the beloved Athia, Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God, making mentioning of you always in my prayers hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus Christ and towards all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed in you, brother. Therefore, I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting, yet for love's sake, I rather appeal to you, being such one as Paul, the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten while in my chains, who once was profitable to you, unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and to me. I am sending him back to you, therefore receive him, that is my own heart whom I wish to keep with me, that on your behalf he might minister to me and my chains for the gospel. But without your consent, I wanted to do nothing, that your good deed might not be by compulsion, as it were, but voluntary. For perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose, that you might receive him forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave. A beloved brother, especially to me but how much more to you both in the flesh and in the lord if you then count me as a partner receive him as you would me but if he owes but if he has wronged you or owes you anything put that on my account i Paul am writing with my own hand i will repay not to mention to you that you owe me even your own self besides yes brother let me have joy from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in the Lord. Having confidence in your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I say. Verse 22. But meanwhile, also prepare a guest room for me, for I trust that through your prayers I shall be granted to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greet you. So do Mark. Archippus, uh, where is Andrew? Give me that name. Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow laborers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Thank you, Andrew. Quite an amazing little letter, isn't it? It's sort of in four areas. The first part is the greeting, of verses one through to verse three. Verses four. To seven is thanksgiving and and praise. It's prayer. It's it's the encouragement uh, for uh, Philemon and who he is also to the saints. He's a very, uh, he's he's a lovely guy and, and has a huge love for the Lord. Verses eight through to 21 is the main part, is Paul's plea for Onesimus. So this is the plea that Paul writes, and he writes in that part. And then the last part, which is the final request, the greetings and the benediction, uh, just Paul just asking you know, for a room to stay. He'll come and catch up with them and sends all his greetings from everyone. So let's look at the three characters. I just want to look very briefly first at Onesimus. So Onesimus, as you know, is a runaway slave. He's been hiding... He has become a Christian. He has also returned home. He has handed the letter over. There is nothing he can say to the master. There is absolutely nothing he can do for his life. He stands in front of him with the letter. That is all Onesimus can do at this particular stage here because he is a runaway slave. He's a fugitive. So this letter that he gives is from Paul. And he just, I would imagine, I'm just hypothetically thinking, that he would, his trust is in God. That's not hypothetical, that's fact. His love is for the Lord, that's fact. But there's still the part of what is going to be his um, undoing with his running away. That's entirely up to Philemon. We don't really know what happened with, after that particular letter, but we do know the part of the letter. So Onesimus is there. Now, for Philemon, he has a problem as well. So the first time that Philemon receives this letter from Paul, his big problem is that he now has his runaway slave standing in front of him. Now, there are a lot of things that would be running through his mind. One is the runaway slave has come back. Why has he come back? He probably recognizes, if Tychicus is there, he recognizes Tychicus. And then he recognises the writing of Paul, his dear friend. So he would take this letter and read it very, very carefully. What we know about Philemon in verse 1 is that he is a very good friend of Paul. In verse 2, we also find that the church is in their home. That's where they meet. That church is in his home. In verse 5, and I'll read verse 5 to you, Hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints. He has a great love for the Lord and he has a great love for the saints. So he has a servant heart and he has a a teaching heart most likely. Then in verse 7, a little bit more about Philemon, and I'll read that to you as well. For we have great joy and consolation, your love, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. Now, that's something nice to be written about you, isn't it? The hearts of the saints are refreshed by you, brother. And as you read this part of Philemon, it would be one of those guys where you think, it would be so nice to meet that man, because he would be an encouraging person. So Paul just writes a little bit to Philemon, and it's just uh, encouraging him that he is a saint. And now he's coming into the plea that Philemon now has to consider. Consider what he's going to do with Onesimus. Now, there is a point there where it comes in where Onesimus has most likely taken something from the farm and when he's run away. The one where Paul writes is in verse 18 if he has wronged you or owes you anything, put that on my account. So Onesimus has that particular problem. What do you do with this slave if he has stolen it? All the other landowners are going to be looking around. All the other slaves are going to be watching. What will happen with this particular man? Paul, in a funny way here, has given him an out, given him a way of um, allowing him to process his thoughts better, which is that he will pay for that debt, the debt that has been taken been stolen from him. And Paul does it in such a way that Philemon can now, with as a Christian, decide, what do I do here? Am I going to punish him? Well, I would imagine there would be a punishment coming up. But is it going to be death? Unsure. There's a consequence that has to be paid. And this is the hard part for Philemon. What are the consequences? Well, we know that there are going to be slave owners and everything else that's going to be happening. And if he lets them off, there's going to be a lot of maybe disharmony. There's going to be a lot of thought going on with even the slaves. He got away with it. Maybe we can do that. But Paul says that he would, that he will, pay the debt, for the consequences of sin. In this case here. We understand that, but what if it was something like COVID? We're going through COVID in 2020. Say Gary, because we like picking on Gary, has COVID. He comes in, he hasn't, and he transmits that disease to us. Now, as a meeting church and as a company of God's people, half of us contract that disease. Most of us, Lord willing, will survive that disease. Some of us will may likely die from that disease. <clears throat> but as a church, do we say we forgive you? Well, we could well say that. It's an, an extreme. And so we forgive Gary, bring that in deliberately. So the sin itself is forgiven by it. We just say, that's okay Gary, we forgive you for giving us COVID. But we live but we live with the consequences. We live with the consequences of that particular sin or that particular disease in our lives. It can be forgiven, and that's fine. But we live with the consequences of all things. So for Philemon, he will live with the consequences of that. But we just... Have faith that in the writings that Paul has told us about this man, that he is a very, very encouraging man. He is a God-fearing man, and he has a heart and a love for the Lord and for the saints. I would like to just read, because I'm going to finish soon. I, I had no intention of going this long at all in the beginning anyway. So what is our walk in Christ? I've been reading two commentaries. I read a very quick little bit from the NIV, and that showed me just a little piece. But in uh, um, this particular book, and I read a lot of Warren Weesby stuff. I want to read about a, uh, a little bit about sin, forgiving sin. And it's in the Warren Wesby book. I'm going to take it from here. Paul did not suggest Philemon ignore the slaves' crimes and forget about the debt. Onesimus owed. Rather, Paul offered to pay the debt himself. Put it on my account. I will repay it. I'm going to just drop down a bit. It takes, uh, this was Paul's assurance to his friend that the debt would be paid. And he goes on to write, it takes more than love to solve the problem. Love must pay a price. God does not save us by his love, for though he loves the whole world, the whole world is not saved. God saves sinners by his grace, Ephesians two nine eight 8 and 9, and grace is love that pays a price. God in his holiness will not ignore the debt that we owe, for God must be faithful to his own law, so he paid the debt for us. When Christ died on the cross, my sins were put on his account, and he was treated the way I should have been treated. When I trusted him as my saviour, his righteousness was put on my account. And now God accepts me in Jesus Christ. Jesus said to the Father, He no longer owes you a debt because I paid it fully on the cross. Receive him as you would receive me. And let me come into the family circle. The letter to Philemon is a letter of uh, lost. It's a letter of salvation. And it's a letter that has, the price has been paid for all of us. As we gather for the last Sunday in 2020, we gather, as we do every Sunday around the Lord's table, the price that has been paid for us was paid on the cross. And we come unto his family.